Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm Rebecca, and today I was joined by Lauren Gay. She is the woman behind um, Outdoorsy Diva. Uh, Her website is outdoorsydiva.com, and all of her social handles, you can find her there as well. Uh, She is a podcast host, a travel writer, a huge advocate for outdoor travel and representing people of color and black travel um, around the world. And she definitely practiced what she preaches. She got into adventure travel, you know, years ago with her young son, and it's totally evolved into this amazing brand that she's created. And, and she's actually an adventure life coach now. So, um, which is really interesting. She talks about, cause I think a lot of people probably want to get a little bit more, a little bit something out of their travel. Um, especially lately when you're traveling, maybe a little bit closer to home, getting a little bit more creative. So I really advise you to check out her website, outdoorsydiva.com. And through that, you can also find out more about her adventure coaching. But um, if you don't follow her already, I encourage you to do so because she has such amazing content. She's an excellent travel writer um, and really shares you know, the truth behind the travel. It's not just, you know, for the Instagram photos and things like that. And this was a really fun chat. We probably could have chatted a lot longer, but I tried to keep the um, recording to a nice digestible time for all of you listeners out there. So um, really do give her a follow and check out her out. Um, we chat a little bit about how travel has changed, obviously, with the pandemic. We've all been here, you know, over a year now. So it's it's not really news, but what what we can do and when we're planning ahead, of course, and uh, like Lauren says, you know, planning maybe a little bit closer to home and and some great tips on that. So I really had fun with Lauren today. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you don't already follow us on um, Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store, I encourage you to do so. It takes two seconds to click subscribe. And while you're there, why not leave us a little review or a, rate, a rating for us? So just to feel a little bit of love while we're all disconnected a little bit these days. So uh, without further ado, here's Lauren and enjoy this episode. Okay, good morning. So today I'm here with Lauren Gay. You may also know her as the Outdoorsy Diva. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about you, how you got your name, how you got started, because you're a travel writer, social media influencer, podcast host, you know, the list goes on. So what called you to create Outdoorsy Diva and just take on this kind of lifestyle and travel section of your life? Hi, I'm glad to be here. Well, I think this lifestyle kind of chose me uh, in a way. I never, I never saw this coming. I, it started innocently, um, being a single mom, um, trying to be frugal and do fun stuff with my son. And so he always wanted to like camp and do all this stuff he saw on TV. Um, and he didn't have anybody to do it with him. So we just kind of started to explore together as my adventure buddy. And then I discovered, you know, I like that stuff too. And next thing you know, I was sharing pictures like, you know, on my personal social media and friends were like, oh, that's really cool. I've never seen that. I didn't know you could do that. And a friend who had a blog encouraged me to start one. And I was like, okay, sure. So I just started to share the adventures for my son and I. And uh, that was six years ago. 
and uh, now it has it has taken on this other life of its own because when I started, I didn't see people who looked like us. Um, I didn't see other uh, black people and people of color kayaking and hiking and doing those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So it really became, you know, a, a point of advocacy for me to make sure we were seen in that space. And that's how it grew. And so as my son has gotten older, you know, and had less time for me, <laughs> um, it helped me learn more about myself, honestly. And uh, it grew into this other thing. Uh, and the name Outdoorsy Diva is because, you know, I, the outdoors part is obvious. The diva part is because I'm still very much uh, a girly girl. And I like to have on makeup sometimes when I'm out and about <laughs> and be cute. I still hate bugs and insects and Mm -hmm. snakes and all that stuff, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) I'm still very, very fussy in that way. I just, I push past the things I don't like about nature and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I love that kind of smashing lots of different (laughs) stereotypes on the way. And I think that's a fair point because, you know, similarly, I love camping and things like that, but we get terrible mosquitoes up here in, in Canada. So it's like, it's the balance of loving it, but also hating some aspects uh, uh, that come right. along with it and embracing it, I suppose, um, for what it is. And especially, you know, the year that 2020 was with no travel and kind of having to be in your backyard and, and explore a bit. I'm sure a lot of that has come in really handy for you already embracing this kind of side of things. Oh, definitely. I mean, when people were kind of freaking out, me included, I had several trips yes. that had to be canceled uh, last year, but it was like, well, wait a minute, are the parks open? Mm-hmm. I can go to a park and not see a single soul. Yeah. Like that's doable. <laughs> so I was happy to know of spots and, and it made me want to find more places where, where else can I go and get away from people? Um, and, and so that was second nature for me. Um, so luckily I didn't, you know, get stir crazy and all of that. Cause I really did just lean into what I loved already, which is being outside. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, we've spoken to a lot of people over the last year and we're going to see, and I know there's a lot of campaigns even around us locally to, you know, kind of stay local and explore what's right in front of you. And we're always so quick to book a flight or go somewhere else or, you know, a little bit more of a longer drive, which now we're all kind of desperate. I would love a road trip at this point, (laughs) even that, but, um, you know, really appreciating what we do have and bringing, you know, the travel dollars rate to home too, which is something great. I'm sure to see. Right, right. It is. It is. It's nice to to see these these smaller towns and and destinations and, uh, you know, the different tourism boards, they're struggling. So Mm -hmm. it has been nice to see them even be able to say, hey, we're small and not crowded. And there is plenty of things you can see and actually be safe because you won't be around, you know, other people. We've got this beautiful nature here. Check it out. Uh, So it's been great. To, to be able to do that and support the these small these small businesses and, and tour operators and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a you know small positive to come out of some of the negative things that uh, the pandemic has created. So and I wanted to highlight that too because you said you know part of this took on a life of its own, especially with the advocacy and things like that. And are you seeing? you know, along with your travel writing, you're a longtime advocate for racial diversity, inclusion, especially outdoor recreation and travel. We know that's something that's really been lacking and, you know, campaigns and things of recent years. 
Do you think this platform has changed in your six years and especially with, you know, some of the big events of 2020 that have really pushed that to the top of agenda for some people? Do you see a really good change and push for the better? Or do you have advice too for the travel industry to be, you know, better allies and more of an advocate for that balance as well? I'll say, honestly speaking, we saw a lot of it kind of at the beginning of this social awakening, right? You know, it mm-hmm. kind of kicked off with uh, the the death of Ahmad Arbery that was who was jogging in Georgia and, mm-hmm. and killed, and then uh, the murder of George Floyd, um, which then really you know took on this whole big global awakening, if you will, uh, uh, for people to finally see you know the injustice and the inhumanity in it, mm-hmm. and with that, we saw this huge push in the beginning, I think, across all the social media platforms and you did have big, huge global brands for the first time actually, you know, call a thing a thing. They didn't skirt around it. They were very direct about saying how they felt about, you know, racial equality and police brutality and things like that, which we had had never really seen. Mm -hmm. And, but now, you know, here we are. And before you know it, it'll, it'll be a year, a year will be here. And, I think for for some companies who really committed to it, they understood that it wasn't performative. You know, it's more than just a one-time statement and a one-time campaign. You know, it had to start internally because if your makeup internally with the people who make decisions about how you spend your ad dollars, about how you spend your your marketing dollars, about how you spend, you know, your philanthropic efforts. If those people are not diverse to begin with, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to get very far. And that that just is. Uh, So if companies didn't take that moment to start internally and get some type of training, get some type of DIE in place, then they didn't get very far. And Mm -hmm. and, and that's just because it's an, it's a whole mind shift. It's an operational shift. It wasn't just like one thing, but I can say there are some brands who are doing, doing it and getting it right. Right. You know, they're amplifying uh, black content creators in particular, uh, they're they're trying to work with us. I have been booked and busy, which is different. You know, mm-hmm. it looks very different from what we've seen before, and, and allowing us to use our voices authentically, not trying to silence us or deter us from the things we want want to talk about that we know resonate with our community. I just did something with a a travel destination here in Florida that actually called me after my visit to say, hey, we just want to check in and see how it went. How did everything go? We know the perception of our county when it in terms of being super conservative, mm-hmm. not very welcoming. We want to make sure your experience was a good one. You know, did you have any issues? Did you have any time you felt unsafe? Like they genuinely cared. That's wow. never happened. Yeah. And yeah. so that is growth to acknowledge that it's a real thing and that racism exists, that you do have marginalized groups of people who cannot freely go everywhere and always feel safe and welcomed. And so the fact that they took the initiative to actually check with me and ask, oh, I was, I could have cried. I was so happy yeah. and moved. So it's a, it's a, 
I, 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 it's a, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And mm-hmm. I think as long as the industry as a whole continues to keep it at the forefront and keep it in their strategy, they'll get there because it's going to take time. You can't undo all of this, right? A lot of unlearning has to happen first before we're really going to see long lasting change. Definitely. And like you say, you know, before this, sometimes it was, okay, a spurt of something maybe happened and people kind of woke up for a bit. And then, you know, as life happens, something else would take its place in the news maybe, or whatever the case might be. And then that kind of falls away. Whereas now it does sound like too, and your experiences are, okay, now we're actually doing this. We're taking steps to, you know, it's not just inviting you somewhere. It's the follow-up homework of, okay, well, what could we do better? What did, you know, what was missing and things like that. And I think it's, it is time. There's a lot of, I think, different types of people who are missing from travel, especially in the luxury travel sphere, you know, and everyone travels, everyone wants to travel. So it's something that should be an obvious thing, but uh, you're absolutely right. It's definitely been missing. And, and I think we, we could all be doing better. I mean, and one great thing that happened last year was you had all of this wonderful data come out that we really hadn't seen before. You know, MMGY put out uh, a new report on on black travel and what that looked like. And it was over $160 billion, yeah. you know, in this industry. Uh, the Adventure Travel Trade Association report came out on adventure travel, and that was over $19 billion of specifically black travelers, Mm -hmm. um, which was extremely eye-opening because that's the space I'm in. And you're right. Those niches, definitely people want to pigeonhole you. It's like, no, we spent a a lot of money (laughs) across the spectrum. And so it's good business sense, even if you're not convicted morally, it makes business sense to be inclusive. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I think, um, Sometimes people, it's not very tangible to them, I suppose, but you can't really argue with hard stats, especially, you know, big up the chain and a marketing director. Something it's like, well, look at this huge market we're not, you know, appealing to or advertising to and, and, and you know, showing themselves and, and really making an effort here when we could be making a lot of money off of, you know, the billions of dollars you're talking about. So um, you're absolutely right. I think cold, hard stats are sometimes really good to go along with things that you've probably been talking about and, and advocating for. Right, right. Yeah. And do you, I know you said you had a lot of travel canceled last year. Is that something, like, do you feel more positive with 2021? Have, are some of those trips that were maybe postponed rebooking or are you just being really cautious for now and, and waiting to see how things unfold? I'm definitely waiting to see how things unfold. A lot of the trips for me that were canceled last year were abroad. Uh, I was mm. supposed to finally get to Japan. That was a bucket wow. list trip. Yeah, I hope yeah. that goes through sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I had I had quite a few uh, of those types of big big trips, so yeah. I don't think. I don't see those happening in 2021, but we'll see. It also is going to depend on if I'm able to be vaccinated yes. and, and how soon, because I, I am I am a proponent of, of being vaccinated. And um, I'm actually, I have asthma. So for me, it's kind of like, mm, I need that. Yes. I don't <laughs> yeah. need help. Uh, but, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want those kinds of problems. So yeah. Yeah. I plan to be vaccinated as soon as, as I'm able 
And when that happens, you know, perhaps towards the end of the year, I can look at some some other places. But stateside, I'm pretty okay with it. Uh, I've I've done mostly in Florida. I did go to Antigua in December, and that was because they asked me to come for a specific. Uh, it was a wellness retreat at a glamping resort. So basically, I was going to be quarantined yeah. <laughs> for seven days at a beach camp. I mean, I was okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that. <laughs> Um, but I, so I think this year though, I, I'm definitely open to getting out of state. There's, there's so much domestically to see. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm good with, with that. I want to check off more national parks off my list and, and things like that. But, uh, we'll see how the year goes. I, I do hope maybe by the, the second, the last quarter or so of the year, I can kind of turn my sights to some international travel again. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's waiting on those vaccines and, you know, seeing the numbers change, like how many people have been vaccinated percentage wise and where you're going, keeping an eye on those places or, or where you'd like to go. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely something good to come out of all of this, you know, that we finally do have something promising, but at the same time, it's that waiting game still of, you know, when and, and what's secure to be able to book. So that's probably the right way to look at it versus, um, you know, we've been through this now, right? We've booked trips and had to postpone. I I do not fancy waiting on hold for six hours again. Oh, no. Trying to, you know, work out getting a refund. That probably took, I think it took three months to get my money back for my plane ticket. Wow. But I did get it back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably enough customer service wait time for a lifetime. A lifetime. I mean, bless their hearts. I I don't envy them at all. (laughs) No, no. And I think that's something else that will probably change too is, you know, until something like this happens, you don't really know that your systems maybe aren't set up for it or what would actually happen if there was a massive breakdown like this. So you do kind of wonder how bookings and systems and, you know, the level of customer service and what's included with, you know, refunds. And is it easier? Because it's also a lot for the staff to be dealing with all the constant calls. You know, it's not just us on hold. It's them having to hear from us. And not everyone's going to be that polite either when you've been waiting on hold so long. Um so yeah, it should be kind of interesting to see the travel sphere change in in the coming years. For sure, I think um it it has turned everything on its head. There's just things, it's a scenario that I don't care how good you are at risk management. Yeah. This was not in your binder. <laughs> yeah. You know it just was not. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, they got work to do those risk management people. <gasps> and do you um you know, speaking of travel, and I know myself, my bucket list, every time you also host a podcast, when you're talking to people, it probably just grows and grows. Do you have places that you've already been that you would really highly recommend? And and they can be local, they can be off the beaten path, especially, you know, with your brand, if it's more outdoorsy kind of stuff, even just recreational things to try. Um, People just want tons of recommendations these days. So I always like to ask people, you know, what could you recommend places to go or or things that they have to see when, when it's safe to do so? For sure. Uh, well, at the top of my list, I think forever. I don't know who could unseat them, but the Azores Islands are still um, my favorite place on this planet uh, because they are, you know, they are formed from volcanic, recent volcanic activity, which just makes them amazing. You know, they've got the towering cliffs and all of these like volcanic 
crater lakes that are aqua blue that you can hike down to. You know, you can swim in this thermal pool that's heated by the volcano, but it's in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and just amazing cheese and amazing wine. And it's, it's just this slice of heaven that's like a cross between a, a European, you know, modern town. But then you've got the countryside. So it kind of feels like Ireland in that aspect. But then it's tropical and lush like Hawaii or someplace like that. So uh, if you can get to the Azores Islands safely at some point in your lifetime, they should be high on your list. And um, you have to, you have to do that. And you have to see Lagoa de Fogo, this, this amazing uh, crater lake. That's far from home. Now, I would say here, uh, stateside, right here in Florida, the Florida freshwater springs are such an underrated um, natural, beautiful resource. People think about the cenotes and those places where you can swim, but Florida has bodies of water like that. And they are crystal clear, pristine, aqua blue. And, you know, you can even swim with manatees. You can kayak them. They're amazing. So if you get to Florida, you know, there's more than just Disney and the theme parks. Yeah. Our freshwater springs, like, they deserve a couple of days like for you to see those and explore those they're magnificent and then i think maybe if i gave a third one um it will probably be a yellowstone mm. and the pictures and what i grew up watching on like you know public public tv pbs and yeah. national geographic <laughs> It didn't do it justice. It just didn't do it justice. Like to see it for the first time with my own eyes and be immersed in wildlife that way. Oh, just it it's it is magnificent. And it's like the earth's alive because there's all this volcanic activity and thermal activity that's still happening. So you've got boiling cauldrons of water and steam vents just coming out of the ground and waterfalls. It, it's just, it is an amazing, amazing place. And it's not, you know, the easiest to travel to. It takes some planning, but it should be on everyone's list. I don't care where you live. Like you should see yeah. Yellowstone once in your life. Amazing. Yeah. And I find so many of the locations that you talk about too, it's that up close with nature and it can be really humbling too. Eh? When you're in a big national park with like Yellowstone or something and you just realize how tiny and insignificant we are sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is For good. Sure. Yeah. It's not just all you know, restaurants and dining, which is fabulous when you're traveling. And I, I don't know about you, but I've been watching tons of the travel shows and the foodie shows. And I think, you know, at first it's really great because you remember all these you know, fantastic travel memories. And then you get to the end of a season and you're like, I'm kind of depressed now because I can't <laughs> go out and do any of this. So um, yeah, I'm constantly adding to the list. And I like the balance of local and, and sort of far flung because some people might not feel comfortable. That's just the reality. Even, you know, once you're vaccinated, they might want to stay a little bit closer to home for a little bit. So it's, it's nice to remind yourself that there's options everywhere. There are. And even, I mean, Florida has over 400 islands, which I discovered myself. So I've been making it a point 
to go and visit these islands. And many of them we can drive to, but some of them are boat only. And so, yeah, I spent some time exploring all of these islands in Florida. And one of them you can get to only by boat near Fort Myers. It's called Cabbage Key. And on this island, they have an inn, a restaurant, a water tower, and a nature trail. And like, that's it. But the boating community is very familiar with it. And the food is amazing. And I really felt like I was on a for real trip, even though I was really two hours from home. Mm -hmm. That's great when you can feel like you're totally far and switched off, you know, you're not thinking of, okay, I gotta get home and make dinner or whatever it is. (laughs) You know, you're actually somewhere, somewhere totally completely different. Yeah, yeah, I, I I, do. I love that about where I live. I'm fortunate that we just have so much, so much diversity in what we can see. You know, if people are willing to, to drive a couple of hours, there's so much to see. And our weather allows us to do that year round. Mm-hmm. I remember being really surprised the first time I went to Florida. I think I was there for business on my on the Miami side, and I thought like, oh, you know, I've heard everything, you know, the difference between the East and West Coast, and I can't remember. It probably took what three hours or something to drive across, and it was totally different. Yeah, the landscape will change on you quickly. I mean, even the the East Coast has these rock outcroppings that look like cliffs, you know, and then the the West Coast has the sugary white sand beaches. Like mm-hmm. no no place looks exactly the same. No, and it's such a small area too. I think we sort of are programmed some reason to think you have to be so far removed from where you are to really get a difference in, you know, terrain and tundra and things like that. But really a lot of places you don't. It's nice and diverse. Like you say, you guys can do it year round, which is yeah, something where I'm very jealous of right now <laughs> in my minus 20 with snow still on the ground. So <laughs> you're not envious of that. Snow can be beautiful too. It can be. Yeah. You know, I've really embraced it. And funny enough, we were talking the other day, I think we actually hike more in the winter. We have a big dog and I think it's probably just because there's no crowds and maybe the bugs, <laughs> the, the mosquitoes and things. Um, and it is beautiful. I th- I feel like I just kind of hit a wall around the end of February. And maybe it's because we're not able to escape anywhere. You know, winter is very, bear- very bearable when you can go away for a week maybe and, and get a little dose of sun and then come back. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's just hard with COVID. I think, you know, no ski hills are were open for a while. So all your kind of outdoorsy, snowy adventure things were kind of on hold too. So Anyway, I'll, I'll embrace it too. I'll lean into it. But um, for people who are looking to be a little bit more adventurous in their travel, what advice can you give? Because it sounds like you kind of started not from zero, but your son kind of prodded you on a little bit and then you really took it to heart and, and started exploring more. So what advice would you give to someone else who's thinking, you know, I, I want to be a little bit more close with nature or, or be a little bit more adventurous when I do take trips and, and what I choose to do when I'm gone? Yeah. So that's one of the things I talk about all the time. I'm, I'm an adventure coach too, which also came out of, out of the pandemic. Um, another hat for me to wear, yeah. but I love helping people and answering that question. Right. So it really, it starts with just saying it's something you want to do uh, and, and you make it a goal. And then you pick, you know, pick three of them and you don't start you know, with swimming with sharks, cage free, you know, (laughs) start, start small and something that's reasonable and attainable that, you know, you could actually execute 
within like a short time frame that I say less than 30 days and you work and you focus on that one and you figure out, you know, why do I want to do it? You know, what is it about it that I like? Is it in my budget? Do I need to save for it? You know, look at your risk. What's the safety involved? What do I need to do to prepare? Because what you're trying to do is eliminate any reason to tell yourself no. You want to eliminate any reason to not give yourself permission. Like I want people to give themselves permission to design like that life and do exactly what they want to do. So if you really truly want to experience more adventure, you can do it. And then you just have to examine every reason you've ever told yourself, I can't. Well, why can't you? And you really look at those. And once you, you really break down why you've told yourself no for all this time, you'll see that well, no, I can mitigate that. You know, nope, I can do something about that. Nope, I can take care of this too. And so you've eliminated all of your barriers. There's there's literally no reason at that point not to do it. And and then you do it and you look at it as it's a reward for yourself. And once you push past that first one, then the next ones just come easier and easier. And like you like we talked about, that list is gonna grow because it's just your natural human curiosity. You're gonna you're gonna do one thing and you're gonna it's gonna feel like this high that you want to repeat. And you're like, okay, I did that. I think I'm ready to to kayak. All right. I think I'm ready to snorkel. Okay. I'm ready for this next thing. I want to try, you know, um, whatever it is. The shark diving (laughs) further down the list. Whatever it is, you'll, you'll, you'll build up because, you know, all this time your, your mind's been collecting this data and seeing these things and saying, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But it never really gave it any attention because you were always saying, but that's not for me. But once mm-hmm. you 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 break that first seal and you get that first, it, it could be as small as going to dinner by yourself. Like for some people, that is an adventure. True. Um, because it's just completely out of their wheelhouse and their comfort zone. And once you have that feeling and you do something out of your comfort zone and you survive it and enjoy it, and then it's like, okay. It, I just feel like it opens up the rest of the world and really the rest of your life to yourself um, because you take those limits off. I love that. Yeah, it's something, It's it almost becomes its own thing. It's not just, oh, okay, I'm going to do travel a little bit differently. It, that confidence that you're building is actually going to have a knock-on effect to the other areas of your life. It absolutely, it absolutely will. Um, and that that's what I love about it. It, You think you're just planning a fun trip, but really you're setting yourself up um, just to be happier and and healthier and and more whole mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Wow. I do love that. And I bet you're getting a lot of clients too who are, you know, really taking that to heart. It'll be really interesting to follow up with them, you know, a couple years down the line maybe and see how far they've gone or, or what they've done. And it's a little bit of you too, you know, that you can be happy and proud of. I can't wait. I get the, I took a group right before the pandemic. I took my first group trip to Asheville, actually Asheville, North Carolina, and it was five women. And uh, one of the ladies was very afraid to do snow tubing for the first time because it was snowing and cold in Asheville in the mountains. But I wanted that. Like I wanted frozen waterfalls and things like that. So that was her first time hiking. That was her first time snow tubing and any of that kind of nature-y things, right? And since then, 
within it's been a year now and she has in the pandemic she was going to state parks by herself she was going on little hikes and nature walks by herself you know she had just taken on this whole thing um and now even though she's not traveling yet she's got all these trips planned and places she wants to go and things she wants to see and so I just my heart's just jumping out I feel like a proud mama (laughs) you know just watching her her evolution and how she has really embraced it but I felt so happy that we had that moment with all the ladies with nature because of what happened after that Mm -hmm. and every single one of them was outside all the time because okay well I can that's something I am able to do and I did it with Lauren I'm comfortable you know they they you know they they emailed me or sent me a message to ask a question and I'm like sure you know I'll, I'll answer their questions to help get them confident and ready to go but yeah I'm looking forward to to as I build more clients you know watching them watching that growth and and watching that evolution um and, and just really watching their lives transform and change is going to be it's going to be amazing yeah and and like you say you probably did really change the way their last year of the pandemic could have played out you know if they didn't take this trip and start asking those questions or realizing they could do these things, who knows if they would have gotten outside as much or explored as much as they would have. So, you know, it's very interesting because that changes everything too, because if you're not getting out, I think mental health has come up so much too during this pandemic. And, you know, you could have, it could have had a real knock on effect for the whole rest of their lives during this last year. For sure. I I say all the time that nature is the best free therapy you can get. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) I do do believe that. And we don't use it enough either, do we? We don't. We don't. Um, I I definitely had to even remind myself in the, it was a stressful year. I was laid off right at the start of the pandemic. And I had to even remind myself like, hey, you don't feel okay. Why don't you go for a walk? You'll feel better. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I yeah. will feel better. Yeah. You know, you have to even, even I have to coach myself still. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's, that's very true. You're getting practice all the time though. That's great. All the time. Yeah. So let everyone know where to find you. Cause you also have a podcast. You have a ton of great content on your website. If you want to share any links here, please do so that we can make sure everyone goes and gives you a follow. Yeah, for sure. So um, OutdoorsyDiva.com, that's the the blog where you'll find all of the travel and outdoor content. I'm on Instagram at OutdoorsyDiva. Uh, the podcast is also OutdoorsyDiva. I've made it very easy for you uh, to find. So I hope no you excuses. will um, subscribe and follow. And then for the coaching services, those are LaurenRGay.com, my whole name. Um, but you can get to it through any of the other outlets as well uh, if you forget. So it's everywhere. If you find Outdoorsy Diva, you'll find me. (laughs) Okay, great. I really enjoyed this chat, Lauren. Thank you so much for your time and spending a little bit of time with us today. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. It was really great. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.